This is Boom Goddess Radio, igniting inspiration in primetime women. We are Jennifer Davis Page, B.B. Peters, and Dr. Andrea Gould. Hi, I'm Andrea Gould Marks, and I'm here with Jennifer Davis Page, and our surprise guest today is B.B. Peters, our co-host. And today we're talking about conscious uncoupling which is an alternative to separation and divorce. So good morning, Bibi. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi, hi, ladies. So it's such a treat to be here and be interviewed by you two lovelies. Mm, On the other side. And Dr. A, why are we doing this podcast now? Conscious uncoupling. Well, basically, conscious uncoupling is a wonderful option for many people, especially you know, people at later stages of life, it is, um, it's, it's a way of executing a separation that breaks kind of the old paradigm of pain and, and shame. It's got great growth benefits. It's especially useful when there aren't children involved or the children are grown. And the best way to learn about it, of course, is for us to interview a role model. So let's talk to Bibi about Bibi's journey in separation and conscious uncoupling. Why conscious uncoupling for you? Had that emerge? Well, for well, first of all, uh, that you were calling me a role model is so uh, sweet and tender. And thank you for that. I hope I can live up to that name. Uh, the idea of conscious uncoupling uh, came to me uh, first uh, when I was thinking about um, how Al and I, my husband, are going to separate. And uh, it occurred to me that having lived with him for all these many years. Um, and how many? Uh, like 30 plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that it. I, we owed each other the love and attention uh, to uh, separate in an amicable and lo- and loving way. And then, then there was one uh, sort of uh, specific time where I was at a yeah, local musical venue here, and uh, a friend of a friend came in with her uh, with a male friend, and um, they just get, they just came back from uh, bowling, and uh, <laughs> they and they said that this was the wife, and this is oh their exes. They were two um, exes that just got back from a little um, activity, and I said, well, when the time comes for me to do that, this is the model that I'm going to use in my life. So that's the long end of this answer. Yeah. So what is conscious uncoupling? I mean, basically, it's separating and and taking distance and really full separation can all lead to full financial separation, full independence without hurting one another and with incredible support and respect for the other so that the life as it unfolds is going to be ultimately more pleasant than having dug up the garden and trashed all the plants in it. 
Yes, and not only as it unfolds, but presently as it right as it moves along this path that right now, um, when you consciously or intentionally decide to have this type of a separation, um, it really uh, makes peace with yourself and your heart. Was your husband familiar with the term conscious uncoupling, or is that something you had to kind of? educate him on? Well, I it actually, uh, we have to thank Gwyneth Paltrow for introducing that term into our vocabulary. Um, but uh, I became familiar with it first and then learned more about what it meant. And now he became more aware of it and um, accepting of it. All right. So you had to give him the ABCs of conscious uncoupling, right? <laughs> Yes, right, right. Some and it's of an infin infinitely teachable skill, which is why we're having this podcast and, and dealing with this subject. Because basically it was back, I believe, in 2009 that a woman, um, we'll give her credit for this, Catherine Woodward Thomas, uh, was going through separating from her husband. And she's a marriage and family therapist. And... After a little while, she realized that she really had a commodity here that was a teachable commodity. So I would say as a psychologist and therapist over the past nine or ten years, it has been a tool in my toolbox in terms of helping people separate without the disastrous process. Because hardly any divorces these days. It's not like back in the day of Hollywood where, you know, you run to Mexico, you run to Las Vegas, and you instantly, in a snap, have a divorce. It's a process. And you're still in the process, BB, aren't you? I am. And it's not as though um, you arrive at it quickly. You know, it's not as though I arrived at this point last Tuesday, right? It took a long time. It took six or eight years to really prepare my life to be ready to separate and uncouple in this way. And by that, I mean, uh, there was the spiritual growth that I um, experienced and, and continue to, the amount of meditation that I am now eager to do almost every day, and all the learning that came during this period of time, it positioned me in a place to be open to this process. Good point. And this is not for uh, the faint of heart. It's not for the impatient. It's not for people who are, you know, not familiar enough with their emotional reactivity to be able to delay gratification, if you will. There's a tremendous amount of preparation, but what you're saying is that even the journey for you, because you're a learning junkie, is worth I it. I am a learning junkie. That is me. Absolutely. And you recognized the potential for this kind of um, independence to accelerate your own growth. Yes, right. And we talk about this age of ours, the, you know, 50 and 60 plus of being the era of me. Well, this has been the era of me, right? It has been coming to terms with what it is deeply in my heart, what it is I need to have in my life to have a joyful life. And 
it is being apart from a partner with whom I've been for a very long time. I am seeking the solitude and the peace of being on my own. That's what I'm thirsting for. When you initially made the decision to do, to, I'm going to use the word separate right now, did you know that conscious uncoupling was the the um, way you wanted to do it, or were you just thinking about leaving the marriage at that point? Oh, no. I think they both came at the same time. Okay. Yes, and, yes. And did you share share it with your husband at that time, or did you kind of hold on to it and think about it, and or did you share it with him right away, the idea of it? The idea of it was probably... Uh, born within me first, mm -hmm. and then it sort of fermented, and I grew to understand what that meant more, and then I was comfortable talking about it so and related to my and our lives. So there is that quality of reflection and patience that's part of your personality. And we have to say once again that if we want to say conscious uncoupling, um, is not for everybody. If it's not your personality and you're unwilling to investigate or be curious about alternative ways, if you're very attached to your habits or your beliefs, then it's not necessarily the um, method of choice. So conscious uncoupling, and correct me if I'm wrong, only works if you really like your spouse. Because if you hate your spouse, that's not going to work. Is that right? Well, I think it's an interesting word, hate, because hate, if we want to say hatred for another uh, in a marriage, tends to grow. We mm -hmm. don't start out hating the person that we choose to marry most of the time. I mean, there's always exceptions. But it is more of a process of antipathy growing over time. And if we don't address how that person is, in a sense, at sixes and sevens with us, is incompatible with us, if we don't address it outright as it's occurring, which is uh, something that's counterintuitive to people, um, they don't want to disrupt the marriage by bringing confrontation into it. And yet if we don't confront what's not working, then it can grow into an increasing antipathy, use your word, hatred, dislike, impatience. And then maybe we're left with less options. But I would think there were probably more people that don't do conscious uncoupling. I'm I'm wanting oh, for to sure. think it's not the popular yeah, yeah, way. It's right not the now. popular way. And a lot of times when marriages end, a, a lot of times the men and the women, the husband and the wife, they don't like each other. They don't want to see each other. And if they and and, and when the marriage ends, they may never see each other again. Sure. So that's well, why I'm asking. Yeah, we're talking about a preventative. Mm -hmm. We're talking mm -hmm. about an option that we can exercise at the outset. So you know, Bibi tells us that she saw an example of that. And I can go back in my life and see many examples of blended families that enjoyed one another after a breakup. And people who did decide for one reason or another to part 
amicably, back in the day we would say, okay, this is an amicable divorce. And I've had many clients of my own who, after they finally resolved what the issues were through the process mm-hmm. of divorce, they got married again. You know, it's hard for me to imagine getting to the point of hate with someone that you've lived with for over 30 years. Um I mean, I chose to be with this person, and so therefore there was a tremendous amount of connection there. So the love that we've had uh, changes. It it shapes into uh, something else now. But that respect and friendship, that continues. And if a person is just aware about how they've shared their life, they can get over that um, nasty, hateful period that really uh, affects them. Who who wants to feel hate inside, right? No one does. Well, you bring up another really important point, which a number of important points, <laughs> I might say, just in, in that alone, but awareness. Yes. And you, you talked about meditating or, or having a, a goal to meditate daily. I mean, the reason that we meditate is not only to reduce stress, these days, mindfulness meditation is really about becoming even more aware, even more and more acutely aware of every single picture or movie frame, almost every frame of our present moment. We can see it. We can catch it before it turns into anything. So if we begin feeling repelled by someone's behavior or irritated by their behavior. We want to catch it at the beginning before the movie rolls on into a much less comfortable place. But that's the ideal situation. A lot of marriages don't end like that. Right. right? I mean, I, I, I would think that most people would envy you coming to this place in your life well, where I'm, both of you have, have have loved each other for a long time and decided that we're going to be friends for the rest of our lives. I think that's wonderful. Well, love and respect and knowing another person and understanding why that person is the way they are is, again, um, part of the personality of the patient person. So if you're patient enough to be able to understand why somebody is behaving as they're behaving, it sets you up to be able to have a better chance of parting with awareness and respect and taking responsibility for your choice. Yes, and And I think that's really so important. And I feel like that is what I am doing at this time. You know, we still live in the same house. Um, We're selling the house. And so there is a time to... um, Acknowledge each other, to be kind to each other, knowing that we won't be uh, together. Uh, and and then there are times, there are those moments, you know, those uh, little hooks that arrive that say, oh, gosh, you know, you sure you want to be doing, are you sure you want to be doing this, right? Uh, and I really appreciate those little moments as well because they allow me to confirm, yes, yes, I want to proceed. Um, so it's just a very interesting phase of life to be in. Yes, and I would imagine that you also notice 
the good feelings, and that validates why you would want to continue to have this person in some way in your life. Absolutely. Even as a friend. Yes, yes. We actually talk about being an extended family. Since I'm an only child, and both of my parents have died, there's just the two of you ladies right here and some other darling, you know, friends. But my husband is going, my ex-husband, soon to be ex, is going to be a member of my extended family. That's a given. And again, there are no, just to, just to say that there are no children involved in this, no, no grown children involved, yes. and no fighting over pets. And no fighting over pets, <laughs> right, right, or furniture or anything else. There's just no fighting. There is yeah. no fighting. Yes. yes. But have you thought ahead? Now, let's just think ahead for a moment. When you've find love again, and when he finds love again. Will the four of you have dinner together? Yes, that's my goal. Absolutely so, right? So he actually has connected with his first love, and that has brought immense joy to my heart. That is a fabulous thing for us to pick up on right after a word from us. Have you ever wondered how it would be to start out a new relationship in a whole new chapter of life? When seeking a partner in our later stages, it's hard to see past the old familiar limitations. They cloud our vision. How about you send us an email with your thoughts about the challenges you found while questing for a new companion? We welcome your input. Please write us at info at boomgoddessradio.com. And we'll send you an invitation to our online and in-person plans to help you find a future that finally fits. Go ahead and email us at info at boomgoddessradio.com. So let's get back to that last little intriguing notion. You were saying that your husband has reconnected with an old love. Yes, it was such an amazing event. Um, I certainly have been feeling some uh, sadness. Uh, It's sort of sad on me, like a dark coat, you know, and um, because... Uh, of just parting and um, leaving him. And it turned out that he reconnected with an old love back in Florida. And they met in December for a week. And apparently they get along well. And then the level of happiness and relief that I felt was extremely terrific. And that really fueled our relationship and our parting at this point. And so it was terrific. It was it a ex- great turn of events. It's a great turn of events because it sounds like you were wondering what would be the best time to begin to accelerate this process, which you'd been really patiently kind of observing and planning. And being honestly and truly concerned about my husband's welfare. How will he be on his own? Men, you know, tend not to deal that well on their own. So I was concerned about him. And 
somehow this materialized. And now I'm kind of a little coach to him about how to continue building the relationship that he is rekindling with his former love. It's like a story. It's like a movie, okay? Definitely. And it reminds me of a statement that I don't remember where it came from, but I always like to say, life has more more imagination than we do. Life has more imagination than we do. Sometimes we can't even imagine how we're busy planning what we're going to do and what's the best timing. And the next thing you know, something completely out of our control. Right. Okay, now, woman to woman, are you looking forward to meeting her? Am I looking forward to meeting her? Not so much so. What I'm looking forward to is being on my own and knowing that uh, they're both connected, uh, that they're having a happy life, um, and I'm having my life and seeing it unfold in the most uh, sweet and ideal way that can happen. That's really what I'm looking forward to. Have you seen pictures of her? Um, no, I'm not so interested and you're not in curious. That's, one, that's no. wonderful. No. I would be, I would be crazy curious. I you really would. would. I, yeah. I would want to sneak a picture. I'd, I'd be one of those uh, uncouplings that would be standing behind a tree when I knew he was going to meet her somewhere to see what she looked like and what kind of clothes she was wearing. And so and so what does what this does to me, I think, is then reinforces that if those feelings aren't there, then probably this is the best thing to happen to us at this time. It feels very natural in the way it's happening. Well, you know, I think another word we can use is that it's an evolving relationship. And And, you know, along those same lines, it's never just one thing. I mean, we've got, like you said, a little bit of grief, a little bit of sadness, um, you know, release of the concern for his well-being because there could be some guilt somewhere in there here I'm leaving somebody who doesn't somebody who doesn't really know or isn't going to be comfortable taking care of himself so you've got this whole mix of feelings which is one of the things we really want our listeners to know that there's never just one feeling things don't happen in a in a linear way we Absolutely. have a mix of feelings at every stage of this so but... so true because in my case you know there are days or have been days where um it's grayer it's darker melancholy it's melancholy yes but a good percentage of the days are not like that and so what you said is absolutely right in looking toward the future though let me ask this do you want to marry again? Oh, I love that question because so many people ask me that question. And it's a three-stage um, approach. I want to live on my own. I want to experience the quiet uh, presence of where I'm at. I want to just see different men. I want to be engaged. I want to be provoked. I want to be challenged uh, in, uh, you know, getting to a better weight, to doing more hiking, to um, more travel. And uh, the third one, I may want to have a relationship that's longer term, but I have no desire to marry again. Zero, zero desire. That's a that's the answer that most women that have that are ending long relationships or marriages give that they don't have a desire especially the women that I've spoken with about this that they have no desire to marry again they just 
like you want to have a lovely life and meet some interesting men and have a great, great time. And I think that this, again, is is a stage of life and is a growing time. And there may come a time where it makes sense to live with someone. And there are many different kinds of options to living alone. There are times in later life where living alone just is really not, you know, it's no longer possible. It's no longer safe. And then we need to look at not necessarily marriage, but various other forms of companionable relationships that can work. And that's why I am so excited about us continuing to do the podcast around lifestyle because we're getting really into the nitty-gritty now. Uh, you know that Jen wants to do one on small houses or tiny houses, and, and now we're looking at living uh, um, alone and and you know, and uh, women friends coming and forming little homes. Uh, so there are so many different options. And you know, there's a wonderful statement by Maya Angelou, which really speaks to the growth potential of our choices. And that's that she says we do not control the events of our lives, but we can decide not to be reduced by them. And here we have something that may and maybe in previous years of your own life or previous um, cultural ideas that separation would be a sad and difficult kind of um, life event to contend with. And yet if we decide in advance to adopt a mindset, a mindset of growing, then really the sky is the limit in terms of our own evolution. And we are living at a time where our generation recognized it, recognizes that. Dr. Andrea, let me ask you this question. Is there, will BB be going through a healing process or is she finished with that? Is she finished with the, the healing process that comes with ending a long-term relationship? By the mere fact that she's decided, she and her husband have decided to have this conscious uncoupling, is she healed or is she still going to have to go through some healing? It's so it's so interesting because of course it's not either or. Um, like Bibi was saying, there are there are days of melancholy, and there are triggers that can trigger any of us, even long after a decision per se. You know, I wish decisions and feelings mm-hmm. were totally, uh, you know, independent of each other, mm-hmm. but they 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 meet and they part meaning feelings and decisions, and they don't necessarily make sense at any given point in time. But I think it's what the decision is over time. I mean, what the feelings are over time. And really the kinds of activities and validations that BB will find on her new path. And I love thinking that it's just, it feels great to get to the place to know what you're looking for. And do you know what you're looking for? Stay tuned. (laughs) Signing off for the Boom Goddesses, exploring this very, very juicy topic of separating with love, compassion, respect, the conscious uncoupling. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit our website, boomgoddessradio.com, and follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.